Hello and welcome to the Technocrats, the show where we explore how artificial intelligence is transforming the way businesses operate by improving efficiency, enhancing the customer experience, and enabling better decision making. I am Deepak Mittal, founder and CEO of NextGen Invent, and I'm excited to be your host for this journey. At NextGen Invent, we have been using disruptive technologies such as AI, AR, big data, blockchain, and IoT to provide digital solutions for clients in healthcare, insurance, finance, supply chain, manufacturing, and retail. Our goal of this podcast is to inspire and educate our listeners about the evolution of AI and its impact on businesses. Whether you are a seasoned expert or just starting, we invite you to join us for thought-provoking discussions and insightful interviews. And to this note, let's welcome our special guest for today's episode, Scott Saunders. Welcome, Scott. I'm so glad you could join it. Um, how are you two today? Scott, I, I know you from a long time, uh, but for, for the sake of our audience, um, could you just introduce yourself? It's, it's great to meet with you today. I'm currently CEO of Saunders Leadership Institute. It's a consulting firm that's purpose is impact, inspire, improve individuals, teams, which will drive value for companies. My career, I've orchestrated and implemented integrated supply chain transformations for multinational organizations, including Javi, McDonald's, Chick-fil-A, Roche, and Moen. I help companies understand and leverage what end consumer behaviors are to create the right analytical uh, driven value chains that have doubled profits consistently, exceed revenues and profit targets. Uh, people are important to me. I develop passionate, influential leaders and high performance teams that help lead resilient, thriving companies. I also advise several nonprofits uh, to try and strive and make the world a better place. Uh, a couple of those are the Girl Scouts and several pancreatic cancer groups. I can say that uh, probably uh, you might have been worried about uh, whether every McDonald's store actually has <laughs> potatoes for the French fries or not. <laughs> well, <laughs> actually, whether it was McDonald's, that we, my wife often kids me, the uh, the fact that finally, since I left the McDonald's system, we, we went on vacation and I didn't have to worry about, did we run out of cucumbers in Tucson or any one of the miscellaneous products that could run out? So I would like to actually thank you, Scott, for joining actually ad, as an advisor to NextGen Invent. I've worked with several and been approached by several companies, both startups to establish firms. The first thing I, I really like to understand is its culture. Is it driven by a leadership and the people in the organization? Uh, at NGI, there's a passion for learning, growing, and discovery. The main thing is the values of the organization are in line with the personnel and the leadership of trust, integrity, and they enjoy working together. Secondly, is the capability to execute. Uh, this is driven by work processes that NGI has a project methodology that's proven, and you can see that by their long list of customers. On the people side, 
There are so many data scientists and engineers that will listen and work with their clients to truly drive value for the business for real world, world solutions. Uh, the solutions are built on innovation, looking to the future. How do we use AI and um, for things almost that are just, you don't think about. For one example, that Deepak and I have talked about using AI to help surgeons do surgery uh, while they're doing the surgery, all the way to things like world-class warehouse management systems. Many of the systems are basic blocking and tackling, yet the real differentiator is the ability to develop, apply AI solutions, put the right analytics there to meet the business objectives for growth and efficiency. One barometer that I often use, Deepak, is a model from Aristotle, the great philosopher. He wrote, there's three things that truly should drive the interest of people in people and speakers. And I think about meeting with the folks from NGI, and they meet the three criteria. My, the first one is, is logos. It's truly the logic. What is the, is the knowledge there? And that's where a lot of presentations get hung up and, and, and stop. But second uh, is ethos. Truly is the credibility there. And third is uh, pathos, which is do they lead from the heart and have a true passion for what they do? So I look at that theory for me and people, I look along that I read articles or you see all the time and NGI meets the criteria for all three of those. And they show it in their work every day and they provide all three. Thank you very much, Skarmadek. Uh, that really, um, thanks for the nice words. And uh, uh, we are really looking forward to working together and then, uh, do things which can make a uh, supply chain and they take away the pain for many companies. With that also, uh, what we have found is that in the last two years, um, in because of the pandemic and everything, supply chain actually was discussed more in the boardrooms than ever before. And uh, with the, uh, within post-pandemic, uh, when we look at 2023, in your opinion, what are those trends in supply chain as a supply chain manager or supply chain head I should be aware of so that I can plan better and then maybe get ahead um, in those areas? Sure. And, I, and I'll agree with you. Over the last two to three years, more disruption than we've ever seen. Yet there's always disruption happening. and it's interesting that I've been doing this for 30, 40 years now, and now people finally say, so that's what you did for a living. So it's, uh, and you actually chose to do that, which is what, uh, <laughs> it makes me smile. Uh, but I'll, I'll give you a handful of things that truly should be front of mind for both supply chain leaders and business leaders, as you said, this is, as they sit and talk in the boardroom. The first I'd say is visibility, the need to see real time or near real time, the flow of goods, the transactions from the supply chain. And I just call that from dirt to dirt. It's not just one supplier to the next or one distributor or warehouser to the, uh, to the next. It's all the way when product is 
dug out of the ground all the way to finding its way back to um, to make sure it's recycled and we take care of this earth which we live on. This also includes the information that's happening across these net these networks and the information that's available on social networks. Historically, we haven't really seen those things. When a celebrity eats a product that's a new item at a restaurant, let's say, you have to be able to know and see all the buzz that's happening in the marketplace so you can truly react to that versus it being a problem. You can truly use that for revenue generation. And how quickly can you respond and leverage to that opportunity? The second area I would really focus on is, are you truly having fact-based information, insights, driving decisions with the right analytics in the hands of the right decision makers? We'll talk about data in a few minutes because data is a key piece here. Yet, I go through four areas that really, when you talk about analytics, you should look at. Descriptive analytics, which is tells you what's happened in the past. This, a lot of people are really good at that. You know, how many did we sold? What's our customer service levels? Then there you move that to the next level is diagnostic analytics. It helps you understand why something has happened in the past. Why did we sell so many? Why did something go wrong? Um, but now we start moving into the analytics that can truly drive differentiation, predictive analytics. Predict what's most likely going to happen in the future. Everybody's always talking about supply chain. I wish I could only forecast. How can you do a better job of predicting those projections, those forecasts of what will happen by using the right levels of data and information to do that? And now the area that's truly blossoming in the supply chain is prescript prescriptive analytics, recommended actions to help you come up with and develop and affect the outcomes. This is the level where you truly want to have systems that continue to learn to get better and better to where the real power is and you truly will drive differentiation for you in the future. A third area, Deepak, that companies really need from a supply chain is truly the ability to be leaders and adapt. Are you resilient? Are you flexible in your business structures, in the way you manage your resources, people, uh, the infrastructure. A lot of people learned a lot about infrastructure during COVID when they went and built all new distribution centers, put a bunch of inventory in. Now they have to put in a, the right flexibility to say, wait a minute, do we need all those locations? Do we need all that inventory? And we spent some money in the finance side saying, wait a minute, you spent too much money. So, you, so we have to keep that investment. How can you truly be able to meet the demand, when you need it, and when you don't need it. Um, processes are key to be when you talk about this resiliency. The way you do your work, how is that changing? How are you taking things that you've really, that's the way we run our business, that's our the way we do work, and unlearn those, and then you have to relearn them in new business processes. And I'd say then priorities, what are you doing as an organization, where are you really putting your energy? How many executives look over their shoulder in their office and you see a three-win binder that says, oh, that's our strat plan. And then you say, well, we don't always really follow all those things. That's the whole world of setting priorities and following your priorities. And then lastly on this piece, I would say 
continued investment in your systems, your tools, and your infrastructure. Uh, some of the, I'd say some of the real challenges we saw during the holiday season, getting on airplanes, we had, sure we had bad weather, but I had three kids coming down from Chicago and they never really had, other than the weather was cold, they never had the weather that was predictive, yet all three of them had planes either canceled or one of them, it was delayed from two days before Christmas to they said they can have him in to down here in Florida where I am on the 26th. That really didn't work for mom. And that really caused a real uh, issue with the way I looked at the way airlines have invested in their infrastructure and systems. And then next, Deepak, I'd say data, get your data. Now, this is the most unsexy thing in the boardroom. Um, tough to sell, tough to say, hey, we have to fix our data because everybody looks at each other and says, don't we have it? No, the way we manage our data is going to change. More granular. The word I would say, granular. The word I would say is micro-segmentation of both internal and external data sources. Accuracy. What are you doing to make sure your information and your data is accurate so it can become good information? Integration across the, your extended supply chain. And that's part of that whole dirt to dirt, go all the way back and all the way down and having the right data that's efficient, timely, and then taking that and that becomes the heart of your machine learning and your AI to truly create the best information you can at the hands of people making great decisions. And then lastly, I'd say continue to drive value and top line growth. Look at your supply chain as a tool to growing your business beyond just what do I have to do to take costs out? That those are actually very, very good points. And uh, I can actually relate these to the way we basically do the technical due diligence that what is in the strategy, technology, data, people, process and operations. You can have highlighted the different trains which are actually really going to drive the whole business from that all those six factors which we evaluate when we are evaluating the businesses if i'm a supply chain head of a mid-sized company what would be your recommendation or a low-hanging fruit which i can actually achieve sure and part of the issue is a lot of the low-hanging fruit is there it's just taking a step back to truly say, okay, let's create this right resilient strategy to ties to our corporate strategy and understand that, as I use that word resilient, because things are truly gonna change. So how do you get ready for that, those type of change? And then ask yourself, I, I, I have five questions that I always went through and didn't spend months doing this from a strategic exercise, but do it quickly, get your team together. If you, get, if you can do it with your team, if you can do it cross-functionally, it's even more powerful. But truly, what, it, what, is, what does winning really mean to us? And if we define what that winning aspiration is, it's, it's beyond just making money. Really, what is winning for our business look like? And then building on that and saying, okay, if that's winning is where are we playing? What are the industries? What are the markets? And truly questioning our past decisions, where we're going to make sure we have a strategy to get what we want to do in that winning aspiration. And then 
as we say, okay, what's winning look like? Where do we play? And then how are we going to play? What are the business models? What business models are going to change? What systems are going to change? What tools do we need? What people do we really need? Do we have the right people in our organization? And, and those aren't always the easiest uh, questions to answer. And especially we've seen over the last two years, a lot of companies have overhired people and brought people in. And then this whole model of working from home, hybrid working, how do teams work together? Is there going to be a real challenge for companies to sit and say, how do we really want to play? There's uh, a lot of models out there. Distributed distribution is a hot topic right now where you truly try and get your product as close as you can to your customer and make sure that you can handle the potential costs by building models in. Whoever thought of, I, I never would have thought of 10 years ago if you'd have told me, Deepak, hey, can you get, um, I need a cord because my, my cord broke for my computer. Okay, I'll have it delivered to my house today. Um, nobody ever thought those type of things would be in place. The capabilities and by building the right infrastructure, having the right analytics, having the right uh, talent is the fourth question. What capabilities do you have to have in place? And then you have to have the right uh, management systems in place. And if you put those together with the right analytics, then several different, it'll be like peeling an onion and several different problems that you thought were problems will start resonating to the top that you can attack and, and go after. The key area that, that really short-term, a lot of people are challenged with is the concept of core competencies. It's what are your core competencies and what partners are you doing business with to truly solve those? Uh, especially, and as we talk to Deepak and NextGen Invent and why I was so excited, businesses don't have the capability to successfully execute, innovate, and drive value in technology in-house. So some people say, well, I want that myself. So I say, go through these questions understanding whether it's a possible outsourcing opportunity. Are you best in the world? Well, no. Well, maybe you should outsource in certain parts of your business. Do you want to be the best? Um, maybe, but I think this level is acceptable. Well, I'm sure there's people out there doing that service better. Is it strategic to do it yourself? All those you say, no, then maybe outsource. I'm not saying that you have to outsource, but there are parts of your business. There are people that are doing the things you need and can do them faster and better and less expensively than you. Thank you very much, Scott. And I think uh, all those points basically stay to your core and uh, work on your core competency, I think uh, uh, are some of the lessons which uh, I learned actually a long time back in my MBA <laughs> and yes. it seems like everything to the core actually keeps coming and then just concentrating on that, what, what, uh, how you prioritize, which one you take the first is always important. Uh, with that, uh, thank you very much, Scott. I really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you. All right, folks. That is all we have time for today. I hope you enjoyed the first episode of the Technocrypts. Before we wrap up, I want to give a big shout out to all of you who have been listening, subscribing, and sharing your feedback. Until next time, keep learning, growing, and pursuing your passion.
Remember, anything is possible if you have the courage to pursue it. Thanks again for listening and I will catch you in the next episode of The Technocrats. Thank you.